And now, and now, the best of Pete Price. The best of Pete Price on Radio City 96.7. Ladies and gentlemen, heart within me burns. From Bedlam to Benidorm. And I welcome Chrissy Rock with her... F- Is it your first book? Yeah. I can't believe it. I couldn't read the book once and now I've written one. Where where did the title come from? Well, in the book, you'll let, it'll explain what happened with my granddad. And my granddad used to take us to tell us the story of the ancient mariner. So we took the ream. I took the ream from the ancient mariner. So each chapter, like, starts with the four, you know, like the four first sentence lines of the ancient mariner. Right. So, and it says, blah, 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 and the heart within me burns. I'm actually sorry I asked that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> now, how much um, of the book is around your life as the real Ladybird, Ladybird? Because, of course, that was the film that you got the award for, but yeah. that was the part that blew people away. Well, I thought to myself, it never in a million years was it ever going to be an autobiography? It was just me writing things down and getting rid of them. And eventually it just all piled up and piled up and it went from one drawer to two, from two drawers to four, and it was just all stuck in the drawer. And then I met... um, This woman introduced me to this man called Ken Scott and he said he was an, an author. And I'm like, and? Like... And... He said, I hear that you write, because I used to write everything down. And she, he said, can I have a look? And he came with his wife, and I shifted through some papers, and he said, have you got any more? And I said, pick a drawer, because I'd done it for years. And he took it away, and he came back, and he said, have you ever thought about writing an autobiography? And, I mean, I, I wanted to write it, but not for anyone else to read. It was just for me writing it down to make sense of what had happened and why. Because everything's like, shoulda, coulda, woulda've. But you don't at the time. So to make sense of it and accept that I couldn't change the past, but I could change the future, I wrote it down to get rid of it, basically. Was Ladybird, Ladybird a a huge change in your life? The best therapy I ever had. Got rid of an awful lot of ghosts that were inside you. Because... You see, it's like anything. If you have a, an apple in a barrel and it's bad, it'll turn the other apple to bad. So you'd have to just take the apple out and toss it to one side. So when I'd done Lady Bird, Lady Bird, it was the best therapy I ever had. And I remember you coming into my studio, holding the award in I your know. hand, jumping off a plane. You couldn't believe it had happened, no, could you? No, I still, I still can't believe it happened because a lot of people go, my God, I've read this book and whoa... And I go, yeah, but if I put all the bad and all the good together on a balance, they balance each other out. So really, for every bad, there's being a good. Looking back, and as you said, it, 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 it must have been very painful to actually play in Lady Bird, Lady Bird, because you'd been through it. You were living your life through this play. Mm. How hard was it to do it? Well, it was, it was easy because... I'd been there and I knew the emotions he would be feeling. I knew the fear as of, is he going to hit her or isn't he? And if he is, for God's sake, get it over with and let's hope I survive this island, you know? So it was all real because I wanted it 
to look real and I wanted it to feel real. How how much have you um, sort of gone into your private life in the uh, biography over the, the, the beatings? Well, it happened. And, you know, you see, a lot of people say, well, why did you stay? And then I explain in the book that it's a fear. I didn't stay because I loved them. I stayed because I was terrified of them. And it's like, imagine you're afraid of the dark and you're in the living room and you fall asleep and you wake up and it's pitch black and there's a slither of light that the door's ajar. You know that if you get up and pull that door open, the whole room's going to be flooded with light. But if you're so paralysed with fear of the dark, you're not going to get up and open the door because you feel if you got up and run to the door, the door would close and shut you in. And that's, it's fear. Is he still alive? Well, yeah. Does no. he know how successful you are? Does he realise? Does he try and contact you? No, he doesn't. He's, he's you know, he hasn't, he hasn't. I'm not mm. a, in, it sounds horrible, I'm not interested in him anymore. I've got, you know, I've got no feelings there. There's nothing there because he knocked all them out many, many years ago. And if he's, if he's ill... You know, I wouldn't wish anyone being ill on my worst enemy, but I just—it's—I'm yeah. detached from it. I have no fear of them. Yeah. I, I interviewed you many years ago, and you left me with the most remarkable. I, I think I had a sleepless night over you, and it all boiled down after you told me this horrendous story about the beatings. When the last time you got beaten, you looked in a mirror and didn't actually know who you were looking at. I, I know you it was got me. the kids. Mm. You walked out the door and you didn't know whether to go left or right. I know. That stayed with me forever. That uh, stayed with me from the first time I met you. It, there's no... I didn't plan to get up that day and and leave. It's just something inside me say, go. It's like being a bird in a cage for years and all of a sudden the door opens and you just fly out. I just, I just went. I knew that if I stayed any longer, I mightn't, I mightn't have lived. Are you in a good place now? Yeah, I'm in a good place now because I've let go of him and it doesn't bother me anymore. He, you know, if I seen him, I wouldn't quiver or shake or anything. I wouldn't I wouldn't care. It's probably... If somebody reads your book who is a battered wife or in a bad relationship or psychologically being screwed up, yeah. will they learn from this book? Well, everyone's got their own level of tolerance. You see, you, you can you can give advice... Because anyone can give advice, but taking advice is hard. Because they will go when they're ready. Because what happens is they, they strip away your self-esteem, your self-worth. You, it's like they control you. And until you get all them back, you can't... You, you're like a rabbit in a headlight. You just can't. But it was never... I never stayed because, you know, you... Oh, well, uh, I let him bash me up or he bashes me up or I'm staying because I love him. It was never love. It was 150% total fear because he said, go and I'll find you. And when I find you, no one will even know you've been on this planet. And he had a tattoo on his hand and it was a cross with RAP and he said, and remember, that's the last thing you'll ever see in this life. And I, I believed him. If he said jump, I would have said, how oh, are you? Do you want me to jump? And... That was it. But then I think, well, when I first left, I thought, 
I love the peace and quiet and not walking on eggshells all the time. But then it was like I was angry with myself because I stayed so long and why didn't I do this and why didn't I do that? But I wasn't ready mentally and physically able to leave him. I'm glad you said that because people listening to this programme who will relate to you, and there's only you can relate to people who are in a domestic violence situation. Yeah. And it's easy for people, isn't it, to say, well, get out. It's yeah. so easy to say that, yeah. isn't it? But everyone listening now, you will understand why they haven't got out. Yeah. They haven't got out. It's like, um, could be financial reasons, it could be nowhere to go, it could be... I mean, when you take your kids away, you're taken from the friends, the family, the school, this, that, the other, and you've got to go and practically vanish. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a hard decision to do, and especially when you've got no money and you've got nowhere to go and you can't go to family because they'll go there and they'll go with she, and then it causes problems for the other family. You know, you go to someone's house, a brick coming through the window, get home. So you don't want to put that burden on anyone else. When you were in those situations, did you ever think you'd get to where you are today? Never. Never in a million years. I, when, when I first got a place to live, I had nothing. I never had a television. I never had anything. And um, I remember the, remember the rag man used to come round um, and he had this old dance set thing and it was had no lid on it. And I said, oh, a record player. And I, and I got it off him. He said, you can have it if you want. I'm just going to throw it. He said, I don't know whether it works. And I took it in and it worked. And I had this little thing all no lid. And I had a, I got a record. And um, I used to listen to this LP. I never had nothing and someone got me a telly, and I never had an aerial, and he went, oh, use anger. And I said, well, I haven't got an anger because I haven't got a wardrobe. I have, everything was in a box or a bag. or a, I had nothing, but it was the best night's sleep I ever had. And I'm only... Well, I'm not sorry because I'm only sorry in in a sense of a way that I never left sooner. But as I say, I wasn't mentally or physically strong enough to leave sooner. Would you be where you are today if you hadn't have been through all that, do you think? Or where do you think you'd be today? You see, a lot of people go, my act goes, oh, I went to, I went to uh, B&Q the other day and my husband said to me, do you want deck? And, well, I decked him first. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. But I wouldn't... Uh, people say, I bet you'd have another man I've tried to hit you. You'd knock him out. And I'd go, but I don't know what I'd do. You never say, I don't know. I wouldn't stay. Because I think the minute they lay a hand on you, you might as well just lie on the floor and say, kick me to death, because they probably will. I'm more, I'm more, and it's more worse now, because now there's people eyes a kite on drugs and they don't know what they're doing and they drink and they, they, you're in this situation and the people who are, who are attacking you, I've got no memory of what they're doing if their eyes are kite on drugs or drink. So it's more dangerous you know, it's it's dangerous because you are actually in danger in your life and it's it's happening more and more. I'm talking to Chrissy Rock. She's got a book out called Heart Within Me Burns. Great title, I like that. And then from Bedlam uh, to Benidorm. Um, was it hard to put the book together? 
because you've had such an interesting life and a full life, that's for sure. It was hard when they came in and started relaying timelines because everything's got to have a timeline uh -huh. in it. And I couldn't tell the time, never mind find it. And it was like, because everything happened so long ago, it's like, was it 12, was it 9, was it this, was it that? And you start getting yourself, not mixed up, but it's it's like a jumble, it's like a jigsaw puzzle, and you're trying to put it together again, but you can't find the lid. You know, you know yeah. the picture, yeah. you know what it is, but you're trying to remember it without looking at the lid. We've just been watching a, a fantastic TV series called Big Fat Gypsy Weddings. Would you say you were a bit of a gypsy? Because you're all over the place, aren't <laughs> I know, you? I can't stay still. That's because I've never had a home for over seven years. I'm like, my poor friend, Margaret Jones, I'm like the lodging house cat to her. So, but do you like your life like that? Well, yeah, well, I do because I can get up and I think I'm so used to it now. I, I'd find it hard to settle. So I can understand where travellers yeah. come from, you know. How, how do you feel about men these days? Brilliant. You know, there's good and bad in everyone. So you can trust a man again? Oh, yeah. You can trust a man again. But, you see, I would never give 100% to anybody again. Mm. I'd always keep that bit back for myself because that's where a lot of people go wrong. They give 100% to somebody and then when they're here, they're broken and they can't get that back. But if you keep that bit back for yourself, you've always got something to yeah. fall back on. You won the most amazing award uh, for Lady Bird, Lady Bird, which is the most incredible film. And if you've never seen it, don't take a box of tissues. Don't have anybody with you. Just do it. It is an experience that I'll never forget as long as I live. I didn't have any tears left at the end of it. because it They're showing it again in Wood Street. They in are indeed a fact. fact. They are indeed, yeah. which is incredible. Tell me. Um, you had that award. Next minute we see you up getting an award for Benidorm. Oh, no. What were you like? <laughs> you were a bag of nerves that night. Well, what had happened, we'd, we'd only just got there and we hadn't even sat down properly and it just went off and it went, and uh, Benidorm, we're like, what? We haven't even sat down. I love the photographs on the website of you with Simon Cowell. You look like a bag of nerves. <gasps> I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I came around this moment, well done. I went, oh, it's Simon Cowell. And um, then I was like outside and then having a cigarette and then next thing was, eee, us northern girls and about to be not worry about the weather. It was Shadow Cole. I'm like, I'm having a fuck with Shadow Cole. Pinch me. And um, I'd got a dress from TK Maxx and I put the zip up and it burst. And I'm like that, stitching it up the back to try and keep it together because I never had anything else with me. And a lot of people said, you can borrow this gown and wear this for us. And I thought, oh, no. You know what I mean? A couple of grand for a dress. How did you get Benidorm? I was in uh, Morgan's Tavern in Benidorm. And when I come off, this well, two men actually came up and he said, my name's Darren Lytton. And this other fella said his name. And then there was a woman with them and they said, we're interested in writing this this thing called Benidorm. And I was wondering, it, it, it entails a hotel and we're looking for somebody who would run this hotel. And would you play her? And I went, oh, yeah, OK. Never thought no more of it. Next thing, I'm playing Janie York in Benidorm. 
And at first it was like a little bit in, a little bit in, a little bit in, a little... Because it was building up the characters that came on the holiday. And I've got so much in it this time. It's unbelievable. It's incredible, isn't it, the success? Nobody knew, surely, that it was going to be this successful when it first started. No. I don't think they did, but it is the, the, this series. But it's... The sad part is Darren doesn't want to, isn't going to write for it anymore. So the, he I feels think he's, he's, he's written enough as, yeah. as far as he can. It's sad when that happens for the actors and for the television company, but in a way, it's great. I always remember uh, uh, um, John Cleese wouldn't do, would only do so much of Faulty Towers, and there was nothing left to write. Yeah. Uh, but I know what you mean. Also sad when the actor who died, who played Mel. Oh. That was tragic for the Christmas special before. Everyone yeah. was in tears. Yeah. We all came to that end. And yeah. even if we weren't on camera, we were behind the camera. And when they played Eva Cassidy over the rainbow, we were all in tears. Yeah. It wasn't a dry eye anyway. The cameramen and everything. I'm, talk I'm talking to Chrissy Rock. Now, Chrissy and I have worked together many, many times. Uh, I can honestly say this to her because we're mates. When you first started, you know you were very... Very blue at the beginning, but then all of a sudden you've developed into a fine comic. Now, hey, I was blue in the beginning. Uh, you find your feet, don't you, as a comic? It's weird. It is because what happens is you go to these clubs and some of them are rough and they're, they're shouting abuse at you, you know, and you think, I'm dying here, <laughs> you know, and you want to say... And I was in this club and they were, they was, things they were calling me was unbelievable. And I just carried on. And then for the last 10, 15 minutes, I just give it back. And when I come off, I thought they're never going to book me again. This fella said, oh, you love the first part was dreadful. But if you come back, will you do all that swearing again? <laughs> and I was like, what? And that's how it got. And then I went to Benidorm and then it was like. Because you, you were working three, three times a night sometimes, weren't yeah. you, Benidorm? Because the work over there, there's a lot of yeah. it, but not well paid, but a lot of it. Oh, yeah. Um, it, was, it was, but it becomes sharp, you become sharper with yeah. it. Yeah, because the more you work, you more, mm. I mean, I'm I'm doing a gig um, and I haven't worked for, I've done my full act for six months. I'm absolutely bricking it. I'm really bricking it. I know it'll come back to mm. me. If the audience are on your side, if they're not yeah. on your side, then you've got to fight. Yeah. Which is, is worrying. Now, you're becoming incredibly successful uh, in every way, which is great. But there's one thing you've got, nobody's got, and it's yours, the stewardess. What Easy, a yeah. funny, funny routine. <laughs> How long have you been doing that? I've been... Well, what happened was I used to be on the plane and I always managed to get near the front. And then you fly backwards and forwards from Alicante to Liverpool and you get to know the stewards and the stewardesses and they go, oh, yeah. And every time... The um, done this easy, Jess. I used to sit at the front going, and I said, "Bet you're sick of doing that." So I started copying off what they were doing, mm. but instead of doing it their way, the hand movements, yeah. I done it like I was this YTS <laughs> or I've had enough aerostess, like and scouts and scouts yeah. and. Just don't care anymore, mm. you know what I mean? I've done it that many times that I'm sick of it. And as saying, if the plane goes down, you know, 
Don't be looking for me because I'll be at the back getting my head down. I've never been in a crash before. <laughs> but then it's it's all it's it just sort of developed. And then before I knew it, I'd get him people who worked on the airlines, stewardess and stewardess, going, "Is um is the um, safety card? Is the life jacket?" And they're giving you all the props. <laughs> and giving me all the props. <laughs> Chrissy, you've read the book. You're pleased with it? I was shocked when I read it. I think there was parts of it where I had to walk away and go, I can't read that bit. Because for that second, it'd sink you back into where you was. And I was so afraid of putting it down on for everybody to see because it went with guilt, it went with shame, it went with a lot of things. But if if all that can help someone else, my slot on this planet's been worth it, you know. What do you want people to take from this book? Take their own inner strength and bring it back. To we all, we all have a, we can all rise like a phoenix in the essence. We can all be. You get up in the morning, and you say, two choices: Am I going to be happy or am I going to be sad? Well, I'll be happy today. So now I've got another two choices: What am I going to wear and what am I going to eat? At the end of the day, whatever happens, all this, you die. And it's forgot about us. You can't, you know, you, you can't take anything with you when we go. So it's keeping hold of all this. Mm. And why should we be miserable? You know, we, we all have unhappiness. and But we think if you're in a, 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 a situation... You then become, this is all I deserve, so I'll stay because this is all I'm worth. So if someone can find their own self-worth, and we're looking for happiness, but if we can make ourselves happy, everything else that comes along is just a bonus. What was the lowest point in your life? When I just, I sat there with nothing, and I sat, I had two kids and it was Christmas and I had nothing and um, I never even had I mean the nearest I had to a chicken was an egg, you know I never had anything and then I thought but I've got peace of mind and that was worth more than any Christmas tree or present or anything, I had peace of mind and that was priceless it was absolutely Priceless. What's the highest point of your life so far? And you've got a lot more to do. I think the highest point of my life is is still being alive, basically. Um, I think I don't know. There's there's loads of things. There's my grandchildren. There's my kids. There's friends. Friends of unbelievable. The, your friends are so important. I I laid. This woman said to me. Um, have you seen my new tattoo? And it had the most beautiful inscription on this tattoo. And that is my saying for the year. Never look down at anybody unless you're helping them up. And that was wonderful. So that's me saying for the year. Tell us about fact. You're doing the questions and answers. I know. <laughs> They'd be like, hello. And um, it's going to be hard to see Ladybird, Ladybird, because even though you see it on the television, it's a million times more powerful yeah, on a big, big screen. screen. Yeah. 
There was people in Germany running out, crying. I was like, what? To so do when, with them? when's it on? The 11th of April. Right. And it's... Um, They'll be able to ask questions? They'll be able to ask questions. Before or after the film? I think it's afterwards. Yeah. And it's Maureen St. Clair from Clapperboard. She's, you know, she's she's been wonderful. Yeah. And um, she's just said it's it'd be a pleasure for her to, to bring it back on. Smash him. Chrissy Rock, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having us. The best of Pete Price on Radio City 96.7.